Blessed be God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. There is one body and one spirit. There is one hope in God's call to us. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, whose blessed apostles Peter and Paul glorified you by their martyrdom, Grant that your church, instructed by their teaching and example, and knit together in unity by your spirit, may ever stand firm upon the one foundation, which is Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the same spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. A reading from the book of Genesis. The child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the day that Isaac was weaned. But Sarah saw the son of Hagar the Egyptian, whom she had borne to Abraham, playing with her son Isaac. So she, so she said to Abraham, cast out this slave woman with her son, for the son of this slave woman shall not inherit along with my son Isaac. The matter was very distressing to Abraham with, on account of his son, Isaac. But God said to Abraham, do not be distressed because of the, your son and because of your slave woman. Whatever Sarah says to you, do as she tells you, for it is through Isaac that offspring shall be named for you. As for the son of the slave woman, I will make a nation of him also because he is your offspring. So Abraham rose early in the morning and took bread and a skin of water and gave it to Hagar, putting it on her shoulder along with the child and sent her away. And she departed and wandered about in the wilderness of Beersheba. When the water in the spring was gone, she cast the child under one of the bushes. Then she went and sat down opposite him a good way off, about the distance of a bowshot. For she said, do not let me look on the death of this child. And as she sat opposite him, she lifted up her voice and wept. And God heard the voice of the boy, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, what troubles you, Hagar? Do not be afraid, for God has heard the voice of the boy where he is. Come, lift the boy and hold him fast with your hand, for I will make a great nation of him. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. She went and filled the skin with water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy, and he grew up in the wilderness and became an expert with the bow. He lived in the wilderness of per per Peran, and his mother got a wife for him from the land of Egypt. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
reading from the letter of Paul to the Romans. Should we continue in, in sin in order that grace may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin go on living in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore, we have been buried with him by baptism into death, so that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we will certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be destroyed and we might no longer be enslaved to sin. For whoever has died is freed from sin. But if we have died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. We know that Christ being raised from the dead will never die again death no longer has dominion over him. The death he died, he died to sin once and for all, but the life he lives, he lives to God. So you must also consider yourselves dead to sin and alive to God in Christ Jesus. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. If they have all 
not be uncovered. And of his secret will not be, will not become known. What I say to you in the dark, tell in the light. And what you hear whispered, proclaim from the housetops. Do not fear those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your fall. And even the hairs of your head are all counted. So do not be afraid. You are of no value to many sparrows. Everyone, therefore, who acknowledges me before others, I will acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever denies me before others, I will also deny from my Father. Do not think that I have come to bring peace to the earth. I have not come to bring peace, but a sword. For I have come to set a man against his father, and a daughter against her mother, and a daughter more against her mother-in-law, and one's foes will be members of one's own household. Whoever loves father or mother more than me, Son or daughter, more than me, is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up the cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Those who will find their life will lose it, and those who lose their life for my sake will find it. The Gospel of the Lord. I speak to you in the name of the one holy and triune God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. Thank you for that hymn. That's my favorite hymn. I remember about 11 years ago when I was elected bishop and it, I was in Arizona, and it was very early in the morning, and Karen and I were still finishing up breakfast, and I was in my bathrobe, and the electing convention called me, and they had me on speakerphone, and they wanted to surprise me by singing my favorite hymn. So I told them what my favorite hymn was, and they said, I don't know that one. <laughs> so thank you for learning it well enough that uh, I had a treat on this almost the 11th anniversary of my election. Sometimes things are not what they seem to be. Sometimes things are not what they seem to be. We think we know what's going on, but what's actually happening is something completely different. I don't know, I was thinking I was gonna have to rewrite this whole sermon yesterday afternoon as I was scrolling Twitter frantically, trying to figure out what was going on in Russia. It seemed like there was a coup, 
perhaps even a civil war. And I was getting worried about what that would all mean. And then all of a sudden it was like, psych. <laughs> and it wasn't. I looked on Twitter because on Twitter you can find someone who will explain everything to you. <laughs> and Twitter told me that this was all a CIA plot. <laughs> and another person on Twitter I thought was very interesting said, you stupid Americans. <laughs> You think everything revolves around you. Sometimes we think we know what's going on. And sometimes we think it's our story. And we want to understand it through our lens and our experience. And in fact, it has nothing to do with us. It is somebody else's story. And we are just touched by it briefly. When I was in graduate school, and I should have been doing research, I was instead reading a series of fantasy novels in my lab. And I remember the novels, the Belgarian series, and a young boy in the series is the focus of a great cosmic prophecy. And the story in the book is how at each sort of juncture in his life, there is a fulfillment of the prophecy. And the prophecy actually speaks to him in his head. And so everything that happens is full of meaning and import in the story. Except this one thing. The boy is standing in a field, and afar off in the distance, he sees a young colt trotting across the field to him. And the colt walks right up to him and muzzles his hand with the colt's nose. And he hears the sound of the prophecy. Bong. The whole of the atmosphere is filled with that quiet ringing bell. And he wonders to himself, what does this mean? And the prophecy speaks in his head and says, nothing to you at all. <laughs> this is not your story. This is part of another story. And I remember thinking about that because it reminds us that sometimes we really do think that we are the main character of everything, and sometimes we are not, and something much more important is happening to somebody else than to us. In the Old Testament lesson today, the story of Ishmael and Hagar. We hear the story of Hagar. We hear of how Ishmael becomes the father of a great nation, and we also only see them briefly. They disappear from the story of the children of Abraham, at least for us. You remember how this goes? Abraham and Sarah are promised by God that they shall have a great many children, and they shall father a nation whose descendants will be as many as the stars in the sky. But they're pretty old. <laughs> they're in their 80s, and they know how this works. People don't usually have children in their 80s. And they started to get nervous. And so Sarah, wanting to help God along, took one of her slaves, an Egyptian princess who had somehow become a slave in Abraham's house, Hagar, and said, go sleep with my husband. And they did, and they had a child. And they had Hagar deliver the child on Sarah's lap. And they said, this is the new child. This is the heir to the promises, Ishmael. Well, 
God was not pleased. And in fact, a few years later, the angels came and Sarah was given her own child. And they named that child Isaac. Well, here's a problem. You've got Ishmael running around and you've got Isaac and Sarah saying, well, but, but my child is the one God likes. And one day she sees uh, Ishmael and uh, Isaac playing together. She gets upset with that. She's worried that maybe this isn't going to work out the way she wants to. And so she says to Abraham, get rid of her and get rid of the kid. And Abraham is torn. So he sends Hagar and Ishmael into the desert, gives them a skin of wine, good luck, and sends them into the desert to die. And Sarah feels better about things. But what about Hagar and Ishmael? Turns out, as the story goes, God heard the cries of Ishmael. And God saved Hagar and Ishmael in the desert and through Ishmael raised up a great people. Ishmael was the father of the people of the Arabian Peninsula. The Arabs recognized their descent through him just as the Jewish people recognized their descent through Isaac. And this becomes a problem because you have a fight. Even today between the Arab people and the Jewish people in the Holy Land. And both are using this story to explain why they are more loved by God. If you read in the Quran, they say, look, Ishmael was the firstborn. Clearly, he is the one who inherits the promise of God. And it is through Ishmael that Abraham's children have filled the earth. And if you read in Torah, it says, no, it was through Isaac because God always works through the outsider. He works through the second son. He works through the, oh, I don't know, what was, what was David? He was like the eighth son, right? He works through Jacob, the second born twin. He works through, oh, I don't know, Jesus, who didn't really even have a father that people could tell. There's always this thing that God does of working through the outsider so you recognize God. But the people who read the Quran have a completely different story. The story of Hagar and the story of Ishmael are also part of the story of God's family. But they're not part of our story. They're part of a different story. And it's probably just as important a story as our own story, even though it only happens briefly within the Bible. And then they pass from the annals of our history. They have their own story. If you talk to Arabic people, if you talk to people who uh, read uh, the Quran, who follow Islam, they will tell you that, no, 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 Hera, or Hagar was oppressed. She was enslaved. She was forced by the cruel mistress Sarah to have this child. And then they took the child from her. And when they no longer needed the child, they disposed of them both in the desert to die. It's actually pretty awful when you think through how the story is being told. And the Jewish people have a different story. If you read the Midrash on this, they will say, well, no, actually, it was Sarah's saintliness that was willing to have Hagar take a child out for Abraham. And she put aside her own rights. A completely different account of how this all works out. And they both use it 
to justify their own position. But God saves Hagar either way through Sarah's behavior, whether it's saintly or selfish. If you take it as the story tells it, through her selfish behavior, Hagar and Ishmael are sent into the desert so that God can encounter them in the desert and save them. God is using the unexpected that happens again and again and again in the Bible. Sometimes that act of shunning and pushing out is the way that God actually saves us. It was the pushing out of Hagar and Ishmael that God used to save them. Sometimes we see this again and again in our own story. God pushes us out to save us. It's taught that it is said that in the Episcopal Church, most adult members were originally raised in a different faith. I won't ask you to put your hands up, but it's something like 40 or 50% of Episcopalians, maybe more these days, were either Roman Catholic or were another tradition and found their way into the Episcopal Church. And when I talk to people who come out of those other traditions, it's hard because you have to upset your grandparents, you have to upset your family, sometimes you have to be honest about who you are to find a home in an Episcopal Church. But it is through the shunning of your family that you found this place. And it is here that you are finding the stories of God and being fed. It is through the unexpected that God has saved you. Your story is now different than your family's story, at least for a while. In the Gospel, Jesus says, look, I come into the world to bring truth, and that truth will divide families. He doesn't say it's going to make one family member right and the other family wrong. He says it will divide families. And I think that's an important piece for us to keep in mind. That the truth sometimes does cause us to be divided. But sometimes two things can be true at the same time. Two things can be true at the same time. If you have half an hour, I'll teach you a brief class on quantum physics and show you how this is not just a metaphor, this is actually true. And in fact, all those cool things that your cell phones can do depend on the fact that two things are true at the same time. Well, the same is true in our faith life as well. Frank Griswold once said that we have to learn to live into a world that is filled with chloroform truths. That means multiple truths and that means we have to hold our truth and our story lightly. That this is our story, but it does not mean your story isn't true for you as well. Your experience is valid. Their experience is valid. And if we can hold that and know that sometimes there are two stories being told, that the truth is dividing us, but is not requiring us to turn on each other. It is just requiring us to take different paths, at least for a while. If you can do that, you actually find that we can rebuild community much more effectively because we haven't burned any bridges. We haven't turned away from each other and we can undo maybe someday what has happened in the Middle East, what is happening today 
in our society, what is happening in our families, what is happening all around us. Just recognizing that you can be right and your neighbor can be right, but maybe right now you're both going to be right in different ways. And being comfortable with that. Like I said, it seems to be the way the universe works. Look at this story. How old was Ishmael in the story? You count on your fingers, he's 16. And yet, it says that Hagar carries him as a 16-year-old into the desert and leaves him under a bush to cry himself to death. How old is Hagar? How old is Ishmael? There are contradictory details even in this story of contradiction. Truth is complicated and pluriform and multifaceted. And we celebrate that because it reminds us that that is true about God and that is true about us. Amen. The candidates for confirmation and reaffirmation will now be presented. We present Jacqueline Danielle to be confirmed, and we present Hala Zoe Robinson to reaffirm her baptismal vows. So these two questions are asked to the people who are about to be confirmed or reaffirm their vows. Do you reaffirm your renunciation of evil? Do you renew your commitment to Jesus Christ? Will all of you who witness these vows do all in your power to support these persons in their life in Christ? We will. I invite you to stand as you are able and let us join with these persons who are committing themselves to Christ as we renew our own baptismal covenant. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ, the Son of God? I believe in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in God the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Will you continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship, in the breaking of the bread, and in the prayers? I will with God's help. Will you persevere in resisting evil, and whenever you fall into sin, repent and return to the Lord? I will with God's help. Will you proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ? I will with God's help. Will you seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving your neighbor as yourself? I will with God's help. Will you strive for justice 
and peace among all people, and respect the dignity of every human being. Let us now pray for this, these persons who have renewed their commitment to Christ. Deliver them, O Lord, from the way of sin and death. Lord, hear our prayer. Open their hearts to your grace and truth. Lord, hear our prayer. Fill them with your holy and life-giving spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Keep them in the faith and communion of your holy church. Lord, hear our prayer. Teach them to love others in the power of the Spirit. Lord, hear our prayer. Send them into the world in witness to your love. Lord, hear our prayer. Bring them to the fullness of your peace and glory. Lord, hear our prayer. In our prayer for our people this morning, let us join in singing hymn 512. Almighty God, we thank you that by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus Christ, you have overcome sin and brought us to yourself, and that by the sealing of your Holy Spirit, you have bound us to your service. Renew in these your servants the covenant you made with them at their baptism. Send them forth in the power of that Spirit to perform the service you set before them, 
through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Strengthen, O Lord, your servant, Jacqueline Danielle, with your Holy Spirit. Empower her for your service and sustain her all the days of her life. Zoe, may the Holy Spirit, who has begun a good work in you, direct and uphold you in the service of Christ and his kingdom. And the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen. Almighty and everlasting God, let your fatherly hand ever be over these your servants. Let your Holy Spirit ever be with them, and so lead them in the knowledge and obedience of your word, that they may serve you in this life and dwell with you in the life to come. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The peace of the Lord be always with you. And also with you. Sopranos, altos, tenors, basses, contraltos, <laughs> mezzos, all of you, lyrics. <laughs> Thank you for that hint. Hi. <laughs> I would normally have announcements at this point, but you've already done them. So. Oh. So actually, everyone tonight, please be seated for the announcements from our senior warden. There are more announcements. Good morning. My name is Ron Cowie. I am the senior warden, and I don't say that because I like, you know, I like the sound of my whatever. It's just there might be some people who don't know the face of the name. Anyways, uh, real quick, uh, kind of a mid-service report. The bishop is here, and I think it's going okay. You know, I think we're good. What? Yeah. So far, so far it's a smooth crossing, and we have a great coffee hour afterwards, uh, where you can kind of meet and greet and all that good stuff. Uh, first off, thank you to the choir for a terrific season. And uh, it's been, today is the last day before the summer, whatever. So. And, and I can say that because I'm recording it, I really get to hear, they are beautiful. And so, thank you very much, Tony, for everything you've done. And also, happy birthday. And he's going on a much needed vacation, but he'll be back. Uh, and so, thank you, thank you, thank you. Also, uh, are there new grandparents in the church? What do you got? Just got married last Friday. Yesterday. Yesterday. I don't know. So there's a lot of stuff going on in the choir, and that's good. 
Uh, and if you have any questions, there are some people who could answer them in the choir as well. Uh, <laughs> this Thursday, uh, taking it to a serious tip, uh, Kate Brewster, the CEO of the Johnny Cake Center, is going to be giving a free lecture. This is really important and really good about hunger and poverty, the local needs, and what we can do about it. Uh, it's all fun and games to sit and say, gee, I wonder what we can do about the hungry in our community, but she has really done a lot to ameliorate that um, situation, and it's, it's important. She can help us figure out what we can do. You know, that's, that's really important. Uh, and also, the Christian Women's Group of St. Peter's by the Sea. Talk to Zoe. I can tell you, I, I can, just a qualification, her prayers work, and ask me, and I'll tell you the story, but it's, it's, it's weird, but it works. Um, also, the church supper for July is on the 19th, and it's going to be a cookout. Uh, I'd like to do a little bit more than hamburgers and hot dogs, so I'm open to suggestions. Anything you want, let's have a good time. Again, it's just for the community, not just for, but all are invited. All are welcome. We're not working an angle. This isn't recruitment. This is just let's sit on the lawn, eat dinner, and that's kind of the point. All right, that's all I got. Does anyone else have anything, joys, grievances? All right, thank you.
up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right to glorify you, Father, and to give you thanks. For you alone are God, living and true, dwelling in light inaccessible from before time and forever. Fountain of life and source of all goodness, you made all things and filled them with your blessing. You created them to rejoice in the splendor of your radiance. Countless throngs of angels stand before you to serve you night and day, and beholding the glory of your presence, they offer you unceasing praise. Joining with them and giving voice to every creature under heaven, we acclaim you and glorify your name as we sing. acclaim you, Holy Lord, glorious in power. Your mighty works reveal your wisdom and love. You formed us in your own image, giving the whole world into our care, so that in obedience to you, our Creator, we might rule and serve all your creatures. When our disobedience took us far from you, you did not abandon us to the power of death. In your mercy, you came to our help, so that in seeking you, we might find you. Again and again, you called us into covenant with you, and through the prophets, you taught us to hope for salvation. Father, you love the world so much that in the fullness of time, you sent your only Son to be our Savior incarnate by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, he lived as one of us, yet without sin. To the poor he proclaimed the good news of salvation, to prisoners freedom, to the sorrowful joy. To fulfill your purpose, he gave himself up to death, and rising from the grave, destroyed death and made the whole creation new and that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who died and rose for us, he sent the Holy Spirit, his own first gift for those who believe, to complete his work in the world and to bring to fulfillment the sanctification of all. 
And the hour had come for him to be glorified by you, his heavenly Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. At supper with them, he took bread. And when he had given thanks to you, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. After supper, he took the cup of wine, and when he'd given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this for the remembrance of me. Father, we now celebrate the memorial of our redemption recalling Christ's death and his descent among the dead, proclaiming his resurrection and ascension to your right hand, awaiting his coming in glory and offering to you from the gifts you have given us this bread and this cup, we praise you and we bless you. We praise you, we bless you, we pray thanks to you, and we pray to you, Lord our God. Lord, we pray that in your goodness and mercy, your Holy Spirit may descend upon us and upon these gifts, sanctifying them and showing them to be holy gifts for your holy people, the bread of life and the cup of salvation, the body and blood of your Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that all who share this bread and cup may become one body and one spirit, a living sacrifice in Christ to the praise of your name. Remember, Lord, your one holy Catholic and apostolic church, redeemed by the blood of your Christ. Reveal its unity, guard its faith, and preserve it in peace. Remember, Mike, our presiding bishop, Nicholas Harvish, and Craig Arrett, and all the ministers of your church. Remember all our people and those who seek your truth. Remember all those whose faith is known to you alone, bring them into the place of eternal joy and life. And grant that we may find our inheritance with the Blessed Virgin Mary, with patriarchs, prophets, apostles, and martyrs, with Blessed Peter and all the saints who have found favor with you in ages past. We praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord through Christ, and with Christ, and in Christ. All honor and glory are yours, almighty God and Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, forever and ever. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Alleluia. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving.
post-communion prayer is found in your bulletin. Let us pray. Almighty and ever-living God, we thank you for feeding us with the spiritual food of the most precious body and blood of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and for assuring us in these holy mysteries that we are living members of the body of your Son and heirs of your eternal kingdom. And now, Father, send us you have given us to do to love and serve its unauthorized as faithful witnesses of Christ our Lord. To him, to you, and to the Holy Spirit be honor and glory now and forever. Amen. I did not know you were editing the prayer. Our help is in the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. From this the blessing, mercy, and grace of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you forever. Amen.